Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Mahomes to throw against a four-man rush. Fires it near side to Kelsey. Comes back to the ball and holds it in. Touchdown, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes absolutely took duct tape and just wrapped the ball around the waist of Travis Kelsey for a 19-yard touchdown. This game is over, and you can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs being the AFC champions for the fourth time in five seasons. The Chiefs have the Lamar Hunt trophy, and they're taking it to Vegas for Super Bowl 58. Third and ten, four-man run. Heard in some trouble. Let's it go to the middle and it's picked off. Rodriguez has it. Breaks the tackle. And he's inside the 25. Brian Johnson in for Joseph. Who leaves. Here's Purdy with a lot of time. Steps into one. Watching deep. Going for Brandon Ayuk. It is. Oh, he caught it off the ricochet. Penalty. Is he in? He's down to the five. We'll see what the penalty is. What a play from Ayuk. Catherine's going to get it. And he walks in. Good morning. Welcome into Herd Out Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. Andrew, what's going on, man? We call him One Hand Lula. I should be asking you hey, everybody. what's happening. How you feeling? <laughs> I'm doing all right. The hand's a little sore. You know, just recovering from a little surgery, but we're okay. We're doing good. Uh, I was feeling good. Well, in the second half last night, I was feeling good. Wasn't really enjoying myself. I can't, I can't imagine as a Niners fan you uh, liked what you were seeing out of that group in the first half. How about the absolute choke artists on the other end of the football field, though? You look across For sure. the sideline, and you think that team beat themselves. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there. it's a two-way street, right? Obviously, the 49ers don't win that game without some help from the Lions. Um I do think that having been in that position before for the 49ers helped out, having been in the playoffs, having, uh, having a head coach that 
has blown a, a huge lead in when he was offensive coordinator at the at the Falcons and having just guys that have been in that position you could kind of it felt like the moment got to Detroit a little bit and I mean you saw um, I think it was the CJ Gardner the 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 cornerback for for the Lions Gardner Johnson yeah yeah he was. Kind of, he was celebrating at like twenty-one to seven, and you're like, eh, it's a, it started with a, a a penalty that came after the INT, and they still scored a yep. touchdown after that penalty. So that's why they were feeling good. I, I mean, they were on top of the world. Yeah, but man, I gotta tell you, you know, at some point in time, you have to take what the other team is giving you, and. Dan Campbell was so aggressive in that game mm-hmm. that I think he got lost in the moment. Not not like, you know, the moment was too big for mm-hmm. him. He just got completely lost in it. But there, there are so many points in a football game that you, you can look at it scenario-wise and think, okay, at this time I'm going to go for it on fourth down because, mm-hmm. yes, we're looked at as the underdog and I could really put this game out of reach. But there's other times, like when the game is tied, where you just take the points. Yeah. Or, or when you're down three, I guess I should say, where you just take the points. Because if the game is tied, maybe then you stay a little bit aggressive to, to keep San Francisco uh, on their toes. But – when you're down three points in the game and you're in field goal range in the third quarter, I think it was late, if, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. that's where you take the points. I mean, you, you see the cutaway shot to Michael Badgley, and he's just kind of like mumbling under his breath like, uh, but am, I, am I invisible? <laughs> like, did they forget I'm here? What am I even doing here? Right. Yeah. Like, some of the fourth downs, like, sure, early on in the game, go for it. Or, you know, late in the game when you're – heavily relying on getting this so that you can get the touchdown, sure. But when you're at a point in time where you look at the score, you look at how the 49ers have come back, mm-hmm. right? It, you, you have to reflect on those things a little bit and say, you know, as much as I want to go for it because that's like me, I, I'm go for it, Dan. No, I, I should probably take the points here, tie the game, and let my defense go back out there and try to get a stop. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying, and I, I don't even necessarily disagree with you. What I struggle with is there's a really fine line between situationally smart football and doing what got you there, right? Aggressiveness got the Lions to this point. You don't want to change the character of who you are in that moment, right? Because then it does feel like the moment got a little too big for you. But at the same time, situationally, it probably made more sense to take the points there. And I know the analytics say this and that and whatever. And and I'm not an anti-analytics guy by any means, but sometimes you have to go a little bit past that, especially when sometimes the numbers are sort of ambiguous, right? It's not necessarily a clear cut like, hey, you really should go for it here or not. But I do really struggle with this idea of, changing who you are in the moment, right? We've heard Coach Rule talk about this more so in the practice sense, right? He's been – he preached before the season started, hey, I'm not going to change who I am in, in game week or during a game to win a game, right? Now, that's easy to say when you're playing, you know, Minnesota week one in college football – a lot harder to say when you're playing in the NFC Championship with a with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, but that's where I I'm I find that balance really interesting because I think at the end of the day, if you if your conviction is like hey this is who we are, then I I'm okay with that. I might disagree with the decision, but if you're the Lions, 
I think you can live with that if you feel like you're being true to your identity. Would they have won the game if they had gone for the points instead of gone for it on fourth down a couple times? Not guaranteed. Maybe. Right? Maybe. But they also would have won the game if they didn't give up 27 second-half points. Yeah, well, and I I hear what you're saying, but what people need to understand is it's not like the Lions didn't kick a field goal all year. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying take away the aggression completely because, look, early on in that game when you're going for it on fourth down, yeah, sure. Works out great. You're you're up a ton of points and you're fine, right? But it's not like they've never kicked a field goal Mm -hmm. this year. It's the situational balance, right? And that's honestly, that's where it becomes, I think, really, really interesting because I think you're right. I think at least one of those, they probably should have kicked it. But at the same time, it's really easy to look at one decision and say, Ah, uh, yeah, I probably should have done this different, probably should have done this differently. The fact is, they probably should have played a little bit of defense in the second <laughs> half, right? Like, it, just a tiny bit, like 27 second half points after the way the 49ers offense looked in the first half is astounding. Well, bad. And look at both games here for a hot sec. Yeah. Holding on to the football became crucial mm-hmm. in both games. Mm-hmm. You see Zay Flowers stretch it out at the one-yard line, which, you know, Matt Rule got on the, the Twitter he did. And, and started uh, trolling <laughs> yeah. a little bit. It's why he doesn't coach. Reaching across the goal line. X-Factor, baby. You see Christian McCaffrey do it every time. X-Factor. Uh, and, and the same thing with Gibbs. You know, you turn the ball over when you get the ball back on the first play in your own territory. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers, with all the momentum, already have their setup shop at what? The 25, 30-yard line? Yeah. And boom, they score again. And, and just like that, the game went from 24-7 to, I think, 24-21 at that point. Uh, it was 24-17 because the first, the first drive they got a field goal. Field goal, you're right. Yeah. So it's 24-17. Right. So, yeah, you, you hold them to a field goal and yeah. then boom. Here they are, within striking distance. It's a one-score game. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things to point to, but I think one that, that people should, uh, should start remembering, and this is, this is probably Ravi Lula's next take, <laughs> is that, you know, Brock Purdy has once again shown that he can be a, a really good quarterback in that offense. And, and, that, and, you know, who can't be a good quarterback in the Kyle Shanahan offense? I mean, Trey Lance, apparently. Yeah, somewhat, <laughs> right? I mean, he didn't get a ton of opportunities. But, I mean, somebody, you know, I was, I was on Twitter last night and kind of, you know, trolling a little bit. I go, hey, you know, the Brock Purdy haters are pretty quiet in that second half. And they were, right? But, you know, somebody brought up, like, hey, like, Jimmy G doesn't win that game. And they're probably right. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks. Does he not? I don't think he does. Because like Purdy and Jimmy G are pretty close to one another. Like, if you – statistically, if you look at both St- of them, statistically, like, you, you can look at, like, um, like uh, like skill, skill-wise, they're not the same. Yes. Because Purdy's legs give him s- And that was a, a huge factor up. yesterday. And it was a big one. Yeah, like, what do you have, like two or three big runs? Yeah, especially half? that last one that gave them – the last touchdown, it was like a it was twenty some yard scramble. But I don't know like how much higher up on the totem pole Purdy is to where Jimmy G was in his good seasons in San Francisco when San Francisco was making some headway in the playoffs. I will say, just from the just from the aesthetics of what it looks like, Kyle Shanahan trusts Brock Purdy dramatically more than he trusts Jimmy Garoppolo. In so, terms of like what throwing, like in play calling. There, I, I remember in that go back to that. 49ers Super Bowl run back in 2020, 
there were games where Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing the ball like sub 15 times a game. Like they did not trust him, and they didn't have Christian McCaffrey back then. They did not trust him to throw the football at all. I mean, I think at least in two of the games leading up to the Super Bowl, he threw it less than 20 times. And the the degree to which Kyle Shanahan has opened up the offense for Brock Purdy this year is more than he ever did for Jimmy Garoppolo. So in terms of like overall talent, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably more physically talented than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has the trust of Kyle Shanahan in this offense to a dramatic degree more than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I do think the legs, I mean, the legs of Brock Purdy and his scrambling ability, he was channeling his inner chubba last night a little bit on some of those scrambles. That made a huge difference in that game. The mobility that he has over Jimmy Garoppolo well, that's alone it. That's it. probably win, wins the game for him in, in a game where Jimmy Garoppolo didn't. But that, I, I, the quarter- you, you could also say, too, that Purdy stays on the field and Jimmy yeah. G stayed off the field. Outside of his ex- elbow exploding. Yeah, durability is a big thing. Yeah, I mean, durability for Brock Purdy. But he's Purdy. also younger. Like, yeah. He's only been in the league for two years. Um Durability is a huge issue for – has been a huge problem for Garoppolo, and obviously Purdy's been fairly healthy. But I, I don't – I mean, I'll be totally honest here. I have no idea what Brock Purdy is as a quarterback at this point in his career. I don't. I think he's pretty much Jimmy G right now. I think like he's, he's, he's a better-looking Jimmy G. Well, no, I shouldn't say that because Jimmy G's a pretty good-looking guy. Uh, as, a as, a as a quarterback. As a quarterback. He's a better-looking Jimmy G. And that might be true. I mean, I really – I don't know, but there, again, there was a point in Jimmy G's career where we thought maybe he was more than he ended up being, right? Early on, either in the New England years, his first couple years in, like his first, his first healthy season in San Francisco, they go 13-3, and three and you're like, oh, is this guy a dude? We don't, like, you don't really know, and that's the year that they went to the Super Bowl. I, I don't know, I have no idea what Brock Purdy is as a quarterback right now. You put Brock Purdy in the Raiders offense, does he do the same thing that Jimmy G? Or, or I, sh- I guess I should say this. Does Brock Purdy perform like he is right now if he's in the Raiders offense? I think probably he not. performs better than Jimmy G did. But probably not. But probably like, not like this. And that's why I think it's, it's, it's a Kyle Shanahan thing more than it's a Brock Purdy thing. Well, so this, we get into this, this debate about quarterbacks and systems because I really believe – that most quarterbacks, not in the sense that most people mean it, but are system dependent. Because I think you take a lot of quarterbacks out of the system that they're successful in, and they would struggle. I don't think there's very many quarterbacks that transcend their situation to be just great in, no, in any situation. Like Tom Brady, late later in his career, transcendent situation. He was going to be good no matter what. Early in his career, I don't think he was that guy. Early in his career, I think he was really dependent on that Patriots defense and Bill Belichick protecting him and all those things, right? To a very similar degree that I think Brock Purdy is. Not saying that's who Brock Purdy turns out to be, but if you look at so many quarterbacks, most of them are dependent on where they end up who ends up coaching them, what they have around them. Because there are countless guys that I've looked at, and I'm like, you know, if he ended up in a better situation, he probably would have been okay. Like, I don't know if Bryce Young sucks or not. He might. He would, have, he would be better if he was in a, a better situation. Yeah, that's I'm with you with, that, with what you're saying. That's one of the worst situations in the league. Now, I thought 
the Texans were one of the worst situations in the league, too, and C.J. Stroud is thriving. Now, is that because D'Amico Ryans has changed a bunch of things there? Is it because some of the skill position players ended up being way better than we thought they would? Maybe. I don't know. But that's when I say I have no idea what Brock Purdy is as a quarterback right now because, A, his track record is so short. I mean, he's played 25 career games. That's not even two full seasons yet, okay? And... We just don't really have enough track record, especially apart from Kyle Shanahan. We have nothing apart from Kyle Shanahan. Now, where it gets interesting is with some of these other quarterback conversations. Because Patrick Mahomes, I think everybody would look like, oh, man, that's a guy that transcends situation. Yeah, but he's like once in a blue moon. But still, even beginning of his career, right? He was the 10th overall pick. He was not a sure thing coming out of college, and he goes to the perfect situation because every quarterback that plays under Andy Reid has their best part of their career under Andy Reid. Now, would Patrick Mahomes have transcended anyway? Probably, but is he on the path to be possibly the greatest of all time without Andy Reid? Probably not. Yeah, and I'm with you there, but like, it's a little bit different, right, because – the way Mahomes – it's a confidence thing, right, to begin with. When, when you're in that offense with Andy Reid um, and you know, like, how to perform in those moments because you've been put in those moments more and more, it's easy for Mahomes to be successful, uh, especially this season mm-hmm. when everything kind of wasn't going the Chiefs' way. Yeah. But just because he's Patrick and because he's won Super Bowls and because he's played in those big games before, he knows how to win in those big games. Um if you put Purdy in an Andy Reid offense early on, does he become like, he doesn't become Mahomes? Mahomes? He doesn't become Mahomes because Mahomes is more Mahomes talented. Is just different. But I also my question is more okay. If you put Mahomes in a terrible situation, does he end up looking like he does now? Is he successful? Probably. Is he successful to the same degree? I don't know. If you put Brock Purdy in the situation with Andy Reid, he probably looks a lot like Alex Smith did with the Chiefs, which is pretty darn good. I think that's fair. He ended up being pretty good with the Chiefs. Those were the best years of his career, right? But I just, I mean, I find it really— It's about who you're surrounded with, too. There's just—I think people try and separate quarterbacks from situation too much when there's only a handful of guys— that I think can actually be success, successful regardless of the situation. Ironically, I think Peyton Manning's one of those guys, one of the only, one of the few, because the situation he inherited in Indianapolis was a dumpster fire. It was a disaster, and they were good immediately. He had very little help, and they got good right away. That's a guy where I'm like, okay, I think he actually transcends situation. I'm leaning that way with C.J. Stroud right now because I thought that was a terrible situation when he took over. We'll see what the rest of his career looks like. But then you look at guys like like Lamar Jackson's a really interesting case in this one because I thought there was a lot of situations, despite the fact that he's prodigiously talented, right? I think there's a lot of situations in the league where he would not have been successful because the Ravens were really smart until yesterday – the Ravens were really smart in catering an offense to his strengths rather than asking, asking him to perform an offense that they wanted to run, right? We had this conversation uh, with Cynthia Freeland a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Justin Fields, right? The first half of this season, they're like, ah, Justin Fields, we're going to make you like a drop-back passer. It's like, well, Justin Fields might be one of the most talented runners in the league at any position. What on earth are you doing? They used to do this to quarterbacks in the early 2000s all the time, right? Give them an offense that is tailor-made to their skill set rather than trying to square peg, round hole this thing 
with a guy with an offense. You're like, oh, this is my offensive genius. We're gonna run what he wants to run. It's like you're an offensive genius when you can get the most out of the players you have. Not when you have that's this. You get the next job. That's how you get. That's how you get any. That's, I mean, that's how you keep the job you're in too. Monk and yesterday. I don't think he did Lamar well, any favors. Uh, Lamar should have taken off more times yes. than he did. And part of that's on Lamar, right, yeah, for like not being decisive. There were, there were so decisive. many moments where I'm like, dude, run. Mm-hmm. Give, take what the defense is giving you. Mm-hmm. It, just go. Even if it's like five, six yards a pop. It doesn't have to be the game breaker every time. He was settling time. with those short throws out wide. And, yeah, it started to work in the second half with the Justice Hill, you know, sc- screen mm-hmm. or, or drop off that gets 10 yards. But Lamar can also use his legs to get those 10 yards. And if you provide that look, then what are the Chiefs thinking about when Lamar they drops have to back? Scr- they have to scramble to get to Lamar, and then all of a sudden guys end up. But you saw it on the opening on the opening uh, touchdown for the Ravens where he scrambles around, has this wide-open receiver then after that. That's the only time he did that the whole game. It is. It was, except for the Zay Flowers one where they ended up, because he kind of did the same thing on the right, long Zay right. Flowers one. Zay Flowers gets the penalty, and then he ends up fumbling a couple plays later. But there was, so part of that is on Lamar. I agree. But it brings up another interesting question about Lamar in terms of, what is he as a quarterback? What is his – if he's your quarterback, what is your ceiling as a team? Because I'm usually not one of those people that's like, ah, this guy can't win you a Super Bowl or whatever, right? Because we've seen Trent Dilfer win Super Bowls. We've seen Eli Manning win Super Bowls. We've seen guys that aren't Hall of Famers win Super Bowls, right? So I'm not saying it's impossible for Lamar Jackson to win you a Super Bowl. What I am asking is – if your team is centered around a Lamar offense, if that's what your identity is, I don't know if that wins you a Super Bowl. Because we saw it. I, I mean, at some point, the track record has to speak over the talent. The talent's there, right? Talent's there for Lamar Jackson, no question. The track record's starting to stack up when, I mean, he hasn't gotten to a Super Bowl yet. He hasn't been able to get over that hump for the Ravens. The Ravens are always a pretty well-put-together team. It's not like he's dealing with a ton of deficiencies the way some guys are. And when you see a guy even like a Joe Burrow who gets to a Super Bowl in what is second healthy year, you start to wonder like, okay, is there something missing here where maybe Lamar stylistically it's harder to win in the playoffs that way? I don't know. But it did start to make me wonder yesterday. Yeah, there was just a lot that went wrong for the Ravens. Um, you could you could touch on so many different things offensively. Yes, Lamar is one. Uh, the second is, uh, you know, not giving the running backs any chances. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they, they led the league in what, rushing this year? Rushing attempts at least? Yeah, and I think how, both. How many carries? Less than 10? Is, is that what Justice Hill and Gus Edwards combined for? Uh, I'll look it up. Well, it, yeah. it, it's just crazy. Like that, That's one thing to, to point to. The second thing is you, you guys hurt yourselves so many times getting penalized for crazy things. Uh, defensively. Six. They had six, six carries. Six carries. As a team, they had 16 carries. Then you, then you look at defensively. How many times are you going to hit Patrick Mahomes after, after he releases the ball? How many times are you going to do that? You got to be more disciplined than that. Uh, how? Wh- what are we doing? Like the taunting penalty is weird. The the Zay Flowers one. Like, yes, he kind of stood over him and, and spun the ball after his leg was being held. And it's always the last guy to get penalized in every situation. Well, so the Zay Flowers thing is he did three things in a row you're not allowed to do. Yeah. It's, 
because he pushed him, and then he spun the ball, and then he stood over Well, the him. push was warranted. Sure. But uh, the spinning the ball was the thing that got him. And if it was just pushing him, he probably doesn't get called no, for it, right? It, but, again, you know, discipline is a great word. Didn't have that yesterday either. Yeah. What was the final score of that game? 17-7? 17-10. 17-10. The Ravens scored 10 points against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Going into that game on Friday, what did I tell you that the Ravens do a really good job of, or at least have done a really great job of this season? What's that? It was beating good teams. And not just beating them, killing them. Smoking them. Yeah. At, at what, one point this year, didn't they win like 38-6 to six against the Lions? Yeah. Uh, there, there were so they many games the this season when they just smacked the great opponent. Mm-hmm. And then what, at home you just forget how to play? You forget how to, you forget how to beat yourself? And you could see that because it, when Lamar was making mistakes down the stretch, right? Mm-hmm. When Zay Flowers made a mistake, they were, they were like practically so frustrated they were in tears. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the moment got to them. Yeah. There, there were just points in time where it just didn't seem like the Ravens were in check. Yeah. You know, it, it is a, it's a really interesting conversation. I want to continue... Uh, talking about some of the quarterback storylines. Obviously, we've got another good matchup with the 49ers and the Chiefs as well. Haven't talked a ton of Chiefs yet, but Patrick Mahomes continuing on that that possible greatest of all time career trajectory. We'll talk more Super Bowl coming up next here on Hernan Sports Radio.